Good morning. My name is Tom Collenberg. I serve as a deacon here at Church of the Palms. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Arise upon us, holy God, and let your glory appear over us today. Come in the brightness of your dawn to bring light to all the nations of earth. Gather us together in such harmony that we may discern your will for us and be led in your ways. Fill us with that radiant joy that allows us to reflect your goodness. Let all people praise you, O God. Let our praise resound through all the world. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be praised, be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Found on page four of your bulletin. Have you seen the star? Have you heard the good news? God who created all things has come to earth. Have you allowed God to reign in your life? Have you laid your gifts before the Holy Child? God's call to us is for justice beyond generosity. Are you ready for God's eternal purpose in Christ? We have knelt to our shepherds have knelt. Like the wise men, we have journeyed this past season. We've been brought to the stable and asked to peer into the face of God's love through the Christ child whom the Father sent to change our lives. How have we responded? <clears throat> Stirred and changed by this message of welcome and love that calls us by name or persisting in behaviors not pleasing to him? Will we, like the wise men, surrender to the voice of God and willingly take the journey he calls us to? Let us open our hearts completely to the Christ who calls us by confessing our sins before him. Just and righteous God, we tremble before your all-knowing awareness of us. You have blessed us with abundance we have not counted and riches we have not fully appreciated. Our gratitude is found wanting before your judgment. Our attention to the needs of the oppressed is less than you desire. Forgive us, God, for misplaced anger and callous disregard of ways we trample others. 
we seek redemption from oppression and violence to embrace new life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the good news. God's mercy is poured out like a mighty river. Grace flows like a never-ending stream. <clears throat> Believe the gospel and give thanks. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. respond as we begin the end of this season and the new year with the Apostles Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's share together with our Christian brothers and sisters in greeting this morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We're so glad that you're here today. If you would take a moment and take the red friendship pad and write your name on it and send it down the row. And on the way back, make sure you open it up and see who's sitting on your aisle and make a new friend today. Most of you know that I'm Lori Haas. I'm the director of family ministry. And Pastor Steve thought it might be fun and educational if we actually job swapped today. So you will see Steve doing the children's moment. He gets to do the children's sermon and I get to do the adult sermon. Lord help both of us. <laughs> I'm about halfway through seminary, which means I have more questions than I have answers. So I appreciate your patience. Just a couple of quick announcements. First, we noticed one mistake in the back of the bulletin in the calendar. We do not have a longest night service tonight at 6. That was last week. We do have a couple of new growth and connection opportunities for you. Pastor Bruce is beginning a brand new midweek worship service starting January 7th at 6.30 in the chapel. It's called Oasis. 
a place to regain our faith and our focus. So we'd love if you could join us for that. And then also beginning January 11th, Pastor Steve is going to be doing a class called Life's Difficult Questions. And you get to submit the questions. So you can put them on Facebook, you can email them, you can tweet them, you can write them on a napkin and put them in the offering plate. He assures me weekly that there's no such thing as a dumb question. So send your questions in and you guys will talk about those on the starting on the 11th. Finally, if you would like to make a year-end contribution for 2014, it says in the bulletin you have to have it in by noon, but actually, being a place of grace and forgiveness, we are extending it to 5 o'clock on the 31st. Let us continue our worship. Sweet little Jesus boy, they made you be born in a manger. Sweet little holy child, didn't know who you were, didn't know you'd come to save us lord to take our sins away our eyes were blind we could not see we didn't know who you were lord time ago you were born born in a manger low sweet little Jesus boy the world treats you mean Lord treats me mean too but that's how things are down here we don't know who you are you have told us how we are trying master you have shown us how even when you were dying just seems like we can't do right look how we treated you but please sir forgive us lord we didn't know twas you Sweet little Jesus boy, born long time ago. Sweet little holy child, and we didn't know who you were. O oh God of grace and God of glory, we praise you and thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. We praise you and thank you that you have ordered this life such that all things work together for good for those who love you, even those things that are difficult to bear and impossible for us to understand. Holy Father, in the beginning, you made this world perfect. But now, everywhere we turn, there is senseless violence and tragedy. Christians are persecuted and martyred for their faith. Police officers are killed while trying to protect us. The lives of innocent people are cut short. We ask you to intervene and protect the innocent. 
and we ask your blessing upon Israel. We thank you for the men and women in our military who serve bravely for our safety and our freedom. Please let them be peacemakers and light in the darkest of places. We lift up to you the needs here in our own community and congregation. We ask for your healing hand upon those who are ill, your gracious provision for those in need of jobs, money to pay the bills, a home, food, or clothing. We ask for your peace and reconciliation, for relationships that are broken, comfort for our precious ones who are grieving or lonely, mercy and forgiveness for all of us. We praise you and thank you for our church, O Lord, and ask for your guidance and your blessing upon our ministries and missions. We know you have made us to be your hands and feet in this world. Please give us wisdom, strength, and courage to do all that we can to concretely demonstrate your love, justice, and mercy, to be salt and light wherever we find ourselves, to be doers, not only hearers of your word, and thus to live as kingdom citizens in the here and now as we wait in holy anticipation for the unfolding of your mission to make all things new and to bring everything under the lordship of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now the ushers will come forward as we continue our worship by gathering our offerings.
Let us pray. God, you have given each of us gifts to use as members of the body of Christ. Here are our gifts, the work of our hands, our hearts, and our lives. We pray that they may help to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our world today and always, here and everywhere. In his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Pastor Steve. All right, all right. Don't be afraid. Like the angel, you know, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy. Come on down, anybody underneath the age of 60, come forward. No. <laughs> all right. Good to see everybody here. How y'all doing? Y'all doing good? You sure? Okay. You guys need a little coffee, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. We had, a, we had a holiday, didn't we, uh, a couple days ago? Anybody remember that we had a holiday? Can you remember that we had a You remember? Very good. Two of you remember. Three. Good. Four. Excellent. Can you tell me what holiday we had? Yes? Christmas. Christmas. Excellent. Well done. Christmas. And did you guys, like, do anything special on Christmas? Anything? Yes. What did you do? I went to my grandma's house for Christmas. Oh. Very nice. Went to Grandma's house. Very nice. Yes? I went to my Grandma's house at Christmas Eve. Excellent. Boy, this is a theme. Open presents. Yeah, it's open presents. Yes. Excellent. Did y'all, did y'all, any of you open presents at all? Oh, amazing. Isn't that great? Hey, guess what? I want to ask you a hard question. And the question is, what was your favorite Christmas gift this year? The space has struck. Okay, very good. Yes? Think about that. <laughs> Anybody else? Favorite Christmas gift? Come on now. Can't be too tough of a question. If you don't start answering, I'm going to start asking these people. So. A dolly reveal. Nice, very nice. Yes? The ultimate Barbie dream house. Any else? Anybody else? Favorite Christmas gift? One more chance. Think about it again? Okay. So, let's think about something else. And that is, the story we get to talk about today is the visit of the wise men. How many of you have ever heard of the wise men at Christmas time? Yes? Excellent. And the wise men brought some gifts, right? And can anyone tell me what gifts the wise men brought? Silver and gold for Silver. baby Jesus. For baby Jesus. For baby Jesus. Very nice. Silver and gold, okay. Put those two medals together. Anything else that they brought? <laughs> <laughs> My man. Mm. Frankincense. Good job. Well done. <laughs> Frankincense. Frankincense, right? We get two out of three. The last one's a tough one. It's called myrrh. Ooh. So gold, precious gold, the metal gold. And then frankincense, which is this wonderful smell, like a fragrance, kind of like, you know, when your mom puts on perfume, you know, that, that smell, really nice. And then myrrh is like a healing ointment, something that kind of helps to heal your wounds. Those are the precious, precious gifts that the Wise men brought to Jesus. Can you imagine what you might bring to Jesus if you were to visit him? What would be a really, really precious thing you already have that you would give to the baby Jesus? All right. A baby toy. Okay, excellent. Love. Love. I'll tell you, you got good answers over here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wasn't that great? <laughs> One more. My life. Your life. Ah, you were at the Christmas Eve service. I know that. Yes, that's right. You already got that answer. So, 
I have a gift that I got, one of my most favorite Christmas gifts of all time. I got 43 years ago. I know it's hard to believe that I was even born 43 years ago, but 43 years ago, when I was 13, I already do the math, 56, <laughs> I got from my parents a very precious gift that I realized was not only the best gift for me, it was gonna be the best gift for me to give back to Jesus. You know what that is? It's a Bible. I got a Bible from my parents when I was 13 years old, 43 years ago, and I still have it today because it is one of the most precious gifts I've ever gotten. And you know what? When I read my Bible, it's one of the greatest gifts I can give back to Jesus because I get to learn about his life, I get to learn about his love, I get to learn about all the wonderful things he did in this world. And you know what, that's what Jesus wants most of all, he wants our lives, he wants us to be in a relationship with him so that we can always be friends. And the best way to be friends with Jesus is to read about him in the Bible. And we hope that you'll do that every day of your life with your parents, with your family, read the Bible, learn about Jesus, and discover how much Jesus really loves you, okay? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for your word that we read that helps us to discover who Jesus is. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to follow him every day of our lives so that he will always be our king and that he will always have our life. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you are on your way with Carol over there to go off to children's worship.
You may be seated. Our scripture reading is from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east, came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is this child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time where the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had been seeing at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with, his with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. We lay our lives in front of your word, O Lord. Open our hearts and minds to the truth you might intend for each one of us on this day. Amen. Have you ever heard of the game Bigger and Better? It's a great youth group game. Everyone starts out with something of just a little value, like a dime, and then you go out into the neighborhood and you see what you can trade it up for. The goal is to come back with a bigger and better thing than what you left with. In his book, Love Does, Bob Goff writes about this game. There's this kid named Richard who went to the first door with his dime and he said, hi, we're playing bigger and better. I've got a dime and I'm hoping to trade it up for something bigger. Do you have something or anything at all that you could trade with me? The guy at the door had never heard of the game. Nevertheless, he called back to his wife and he goes, Hey Marge, there's some kid at the door. We're playing bigger and better. What do we have that we can give that's bigger and better than a dime? Richard walked away with a mattress. <laughs> Richard and his buddies took this mattress to the next door and they walked away with a ping pong table. This is true. They wheeled the ping pong table to the next door and they traded up for an elk head. How cool is that? Most people would stop right then. You are definitely going to win the game if you've got an elk head. But not Richard. By the end of the night, he didn't go home with a mattress, a ping pong table, an elk head, or five other things that he traded up for. Richard drove home in a pickup truck. No lie, he started with a dime, and he ended up with a dodge. Christmas can kind of feel like that, can't it? We're in this mad rush from place to place, going for bigger and better, bigger and better. And I wonder, how did the season of Advent get like this? Supposedly, we've been in this season of waiting, anticipating, preparing for the Messiah. We know the humble beginnings of our Savior, We've been down this path before. We know that Jesus is born to a poor young woman in a barn out back with the animals. Yet we spend the month getting hyped up on cultural sugar. Start with presents. Did anyone buy presents? There are some Grinches in this audience. <laughs> we shop, we buy, we make, we bake, and we wrap, and we mail, and we give all sorts of presents to all sorts of friends, neighbors, co-workers, family, even the family members we don't like that much, and you know who they are. We all have them. How about cards? Anyone send cards? 
So it's kind of a weakness of mine. I like that family picture every year. So we either take the picture or we buy the cards, we write letters, we address, stamp, and mail hundreds of cards. Although I've noticed some of my friends are starting to send them electronically. I don't like that that much. I'm kind of old school. I prefer to hold it in my hand so then I can put it on my door frame in my kitchen to look at it all season. How about the food? We dig out family recipes, or we Google new ones, or better yet, we go to Pinterest. That, can, that alone can suck hours away out of your life, just getting lost on Pinterest. We make menus, we make lists, we grocery shop, we mix, whip, puree, stir, blend, mash, cook, and bake more food than some people eat in an entire month. Does anyone decorate for Christmas? Yeah. We decorate houses garages, trees, inside and out, tables, doors, cars, cats, you name it. If it stays put long enough, we'll string lights around it. And then there's the special events. Did you go to any of these? A singing Christmas tree, a live nativity, choral concerts, symphony concerts, jingle balls, the nutcracker, a Christmas carol, mammoth light displays, not to mention the parties class parties, club luncheons, cookie exchanges, holiday luncheons, trolley rides to see the lights, and don't forget BYOG, bring your own gift for the white elephant gift exchange. With all of that, we hardly have time for our own Messiah concert, or Advent dinner, or Christmas tea, or Shepherding Deacon Christmas luncheon, or our joint Christmas concert with First Prez, or to adopt an angel, or to ring the Salvation Army bells, or to grab a 102 bag to clothe kids in Peru, or for our very own office decorating competition, which, by the way, I create the flyer for every year and wholeheartedly push among the staff. Don't get me wrong. There are so many things, so many of those things that I love that I neither nearly kill myself trying to take it all in. How about you? Are you a little tired? Are you just a little bit worn out on our quest for bigger and better? I wonder sometimes if we can even find Jesus underneath all of those Christmas trappings. You know who did find Jesus? The wise men, and they didn't even have GPS. We just read about the journey of the wise men, which is only recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. The thing that strikes me in this passage is the response of the wise men after they encounter God's Son. They ask for directions. They use the technology available of the day, the star. They find him, and then they do two things in response. They knelt down and worshipped him, and then they went home another way. Oh, yeah, and they were overwhelmed with joy. The scripture says they left for their own country by another road. They went home another way. They encountered the living Lord, and they were changed. Now, here's an interesting thing that I never knew before. The Magi were outsiders, yet God invited them to the very first Christmas party. I read that the Magi were most likely a tribe of priests, they were skilled in philosophy, medicine, and natural sciences. They were soothsayers and interpreters of dreams. At their best, the Magi were good and holy men who sought for truth. But from the Jewish perspective, Magi were not understood as good or wise. They were idolaters. They were people who looked at things other than God the Creator and His Torah for guidance. They looked to their own calculations, their own wisdom, their own mental creations like the zodiacs to deliver the meanings of things. The Jewish leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, they despised magicians and Gentile astrologers like the Magi. God and God alone had rescued them from the tyranny of the stars and from those who claimed to know their secrets. So biblically faithful Israel felt about the Magi kind of like how we might feel about New Age spirituality, you know, like having your palms read or having a tarot card reading on your life and your future. Now, we might have, not have as much passion as the Jewish leaders have, but we know that's really not right. So the Magi would have been the least deserving guests at the birthday party of the Christ. Yet God chose to reveal his presence to them. 
the despised, the underdogs, the broken ones. If God invited them to the party, not only invites them, but gives them a star to follow, does that mean he has a place for even me? This is one party I don't want to miss. You know, I want to be ready. I want to be good enough. I want to follow the rules, and I want to do the right things so I get to be included. But my goodness, I fall so short. That darn Herod is in me, too. I harbor resentment. I have some folks that I still can't forgive. I struggle with pride and jealousy. Sometimes my heart is squeezed shut so tight that I don't think Jesus could even wedge his way in there. Do you ever feel like that? Unworthy? Just not quite good enough? Well, then I wonder, if I get the invitation, the star to follow to the manger, can an encounter with Christ heal my broken heart enough to help me go home another way and not down that same old worn path of bigger and better? I believe the good news is that the grace of God is so big he invites all of us to the party, even those of us who don't think we deserve it. And when you party with God, your life will never be the same. He makes us new. He fills the holes of our battered and broken hearts, and I believe he often does this through other people. One of my seminary professors, Andy Ruth, Root, wrote in his book, The Relational Pastor, to be a person is to be broken, most of us probably don't like the sound of that too much, but there is surprising power and freedom in admitting that that's true. For once we stop trying to pretend that we have it all together, that life is just as we want it to be, and that we don't really need anyone else, and then, and only then, can we open ourselves up to the power of authentic and transformative relationships. You see, it all started with relationships. God entered into our world as a human baby to have a relationship with us, to know us, and to love us anyway. I believe he continues to meet us as we have relationships with one another. Martin Buber, the great Jewish philosopher and theologian, was asked, where is God? He answered, God is found in relationships. God is not found in people, God is found between people. When you and I are truly attuned to each other, God comes down and fills the space between us so that we are connected and not separated. Did you see the movie, Silver Linings Playbook? It's a great story revolved around two broken people, Pat and Tiffany. Pat is a man who had been recently released from an eight-month stint at a psychiatric hospital after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Tiffany is struggling with depression after losing her husband. They are each trying to put their lives back together again, but as they discover, that doesn't necessarily mean going back to how things were or even really fixing the things that are broken. Instead, it means acknowledging one's own brokenness as a place where you can meet another person's in theirs. We are truly human, as it turns out, only in our brokenness. Those places of need and limitation and hurt turn out to also be the places that harbor the possibility of love and acceptance and growth and grace. The upside-down nature of God is kind of like that, isn't it? The first shall be last the last shall be first. Out of death, he brings life. You see, if we were perfect, unbroken, we wouldn't need each other, wouldn't even need God. But in, in admitting our need and being willing to acknowledge and honor the needs of others, we become whole. And God is right in the middle of that. One of the questions the film poses is as straightforward as it is challenging. If we don't meet each other in our points of brokenness, where do we meet? For if we cannot be vulnerable and honest enough to admit and share who we really are, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly, the kindness and the hurtfulness, then how do we find genuine acceptance? 
How do we know the people around us love us for who we are and not just for who we're pretending to be? As we now enter the official Christmas season, having been invited to the party by God himself, how are we going to respond? Will we continue down our same old well-worn path of bigger and better? Or will, will we allow the Christ child into our hearts and into the spaces between us to make us new and whole. Make no mistake about it, new doesn't always look perfect. And the manger scene, just like that, it's often very messy. New looks like recovering alcoholics. New looks like reconciliation between family members who don't actually deserve it. New looks like every time I managed to admit I was wrong, and every time I manage to not mention when I'm right. New looks like every fresh start and every act of forgiveness and every moment of letting go of what we thought we couldn't live without and then somehow living without it anyway. New is the thing we never saw coming, never even hoped for, but ends up being the thing that we needed all along. New is the gift of life a young boy was willing to give his sister. A volunteer at a hospital shared the story of a little girl named Liz who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and had developed the antibodies needed to combat the illness. The doctor explained the situation to the little brother and asked him if he'd be willing to give his blood to his sister. He hesitated only for a moment, and he said, yes, I will do it if it saves her. As the transfusion progressed, he lay in the bed next to his sister, and he smiled like everybody in the room was smiling because the color was returning to her cheeks. Then his face grew pale, his smile faded. He looked up at the doctor and he asked with a trembling voice, will I die right away or how soon? You see, the boy misunderstood the doctor. He thought he would have to give his sister all of his blood in order to save her. The invitation from God is like that. He invites us to a party with his son that sends us down a completely different path than we would have ever imagined. It may not be covered in rose petals, but it leads to an abundant life that matters. Oh, and Richard, you know the truck he won in the game, Bigger and Better? He gave it away to a church down the road. He traded up. So what about you? I'm wondering, what stuff are you holding on to that prevents you from this amazing love relationship with the Father? What is giving us a false sense of security? What is holding us back from a truly full life? And why wouldn't we want to make that trade? Look, none of the stuff we have is going to last, including you and me. We've only got about a dime's worth of life right now. The invitation is waiting for our response. Come, trade up, go home another way.
Friends, the invitation to a new life in Christ is, in, is for each one of us here. As we start on a new week, as we start on a new year, I'd like to invite you to consider what might it be that I can let go of to trade up for the abundant life in Christ. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace this day and every day. Amen.